0: Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare Short Term Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh one dot thank you for joining me uh, this afternoon. Um, in uh, what is not actually uh, a shower, uh, it's um, just you and me having a having a chat in, in different cities because I had questions around the trauma that New Zealand's going through and the greater community is going through. And you seemed like the man who I normally ask questions of. So, in solidarity uh, with the Muslim community here in New Zealand and, and overseas, we're going to open with an Islamic prayer uh, and some explanation around that from Ayu Bikku, who is a Muslim man that lectures here in Auckland uh, on uh, Islamic faith.
1: We're here today to, you know, remember the people's lives that has been taken in Christchurch. I think not only for Muslims and their families, but the entire New Zealand is grieving, and regardless of your religion, uh, it's affected everyone. Anybody can say a prayer. The prayer is something that we normally do when our uh, deceased pass away. A bit more thought in the prayer has to go because a lot more has been murdered and the way they've left this world. uh, so normally you, you would give every deceased a prayer. And and of course, it always comes with sadness, but I think this time there's a greater sadness. We Muslims, we start off with Bismillah Ibrahim, and regardless to whether you're a Muslim or not, this will still apply. It means in the name of Allah, which means the one God, the merciful and the beneficent. And then... We, of course, believe in all the Prophets, Jesus, all the Prophets, but because the last Prophet to us was Prophet Muhammad, we send uh, a, a salutation and blessing to him by saying, Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Allahumma agfil lihayina wa mayyitina wa shahidina wa ghaibina wa Sagirina, wa kabirina wa dhakarina wa unthana Allahumma man ahiyatahu minna fahihi ala islam. Woman to a fate of who minna fatawafu ala iman. Allah, mala tehrimna ajrafu, walla to the lena bada. O Allah, O God, forgive our living and our dead, uh, those present and those absent, our young and our old. Our males and our females, O Allah, whom amongst us you keep alive, then let uh, such a life be upon Islam, which means unbelief, um, and whom amongst us you take on yourself, then let such a death be upon faith. O Allah, do not deprive us from the reward and do not... Let us stray after him.
0: Thank you very much, Ayoubikku, uh, uh, and uh, thank you, Saab Jahau, uh, for joining me here today. I want to talk to you today about trauma and the way that people deal with trauma um, going forward. We're one week on from the horrific events in Christchurch, um, and, and you've already uh, put out some information uh, on trauma, haven't you? I have, James. Um, the sorts of things that
2: um, we might be experiencing uh, as a community, as communities together, as you say, uh, as New Zealanders, you know, the shock, disbelief, um, denial, you know, this this isn't us, but also the reality starting to, to come through now for a lot of people and the work that needs to be done. Uh, and on today, you know, this day that we're coming together to Uh, remember what happened a week ago, I think it's
0: important to have these conversations, James. So I'm glad you invited me in. Um, I think for myself, not being uh, from Christchurch, not being Muslim, but being a New Zealander, there's there's a massive amount of empathy, but also a bit of helplessness Mm. um, as well. Is, Is that a normal feeling? Yeah,
2: I think so. I think what we're seeing now as a nation... Wrestling with its identity and its, uh, to a certain extent, it, its conscience. Um, thinking about well, what what are the consequences here? What perhaps could we have done differently? Even though, you know, this is very much uh, not anybody else's fault directly. You know, what is the context here? So yeah, it's sad when we watch others others grieve and when we share that time together, but we we can feel powerless to do anything, to do uh, to help. And one of the things that events like this takes away from us is is our agency, the sense that we can stand in our power and exert influence in the world. So for those people who have lost family members, that's very real and terribly present in their lives right now. But for us as members of the wider community, we can feel like that too, and that's understandable. And so maybe what it requires from us is a response that is more about trying to find new places and avenues in which we can exert influence and agency to express comfort for those going through this, but also to change things such that actually we make the world a different place, that we reduce the risk of anything like this ever happening again.
0: Is, is there a, a, any danger, um, I'm thinking of of energy-wise, of of those of us who aren't directly affected by this, uh, getting caught in sort of a spiral of 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 thinking about the grief and and thinking but not actually doing anything and actually doing things that are detrimental to ourselves by by not being able to move on from the grief.
2: Yeah, there is a risk of that, you know, being caught up in the the events and I think that one of the things that today then marks is is a is a ritual and rituals in, are important when we are trying to grieve and to come to terms with huge events like this. And maybe I can talk a little bit about that, you know, w- one of the things is that actually rituals slow us down a little bit. They make room for us to connect with each other emotionally. So as well as kind of getting caught up in our own conversations uh, and the spiral that we can get caught up in, actually one of the things that we know is really protective is social connection. And we also know that actually rituals help us to process our feelings as we move through these sorts of transitions and and we deal with conflict and and terrible events is that actually it enables us to to come together. So rather than walking away from each other and perhaps stewing a little bit in ourselves or, or in people who support our polar opinion, it actually, to a certain extent, brings us into contact with people who we wouldn't normally come into contact with. And I think that's really important in a time of healing like this.
0: Is that what we're we're doing when we we have the sense of national identity, the sense of Kiwiness, when we when we talk about you know this is not us, but also when we when we have these vigils these these gatherings of large groups is is that what we're we're trying to do without necessarily knowing what we're doing yeah, I think so.
2: I think when we do come together like this, there is a a shared creation of understanding around sadness around understanding the impact that this is having now and will have upon us in the future, but also are coming together such that we are expressing a willingness to move forwards together. You know, it's interesting that we're having this debate around this is not us. Actually, that maybe that maybe this is us, and maybe we need to kind of uncover and unpack that. But the only way that we're going to be able to do that in a way that moves us forward is if we keep having conversations and don't retreat into our, our polar positions and and rituals then. Op- you know present us with an opportunity to do that so small rituals which i've seen going on in schools in wellington like community meals you know actually just getting together and sharing food and sharing commiseration and support and comfort with each other is you know these small little steps as well as big national memorials and coming together they all play their part in helping us to move forwards and heal
0: I want to pick up on that because someone like me who has social anxiety, and I'm sure a few of our listeners also uh, suffer from anxiety. Um, if, if you see these vigils and, and you go down and then it's just like it is a vigil, but it's also a large mass of human beings, which, which makes my anxiety spike. Are there things you can do where you can still take part, but you know, maybe keep your distance for your own safety? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, there are many people who
2: would not feel comfortable in going into a large crowd and and doing something like that. So anything that you can do to mark this yourself um, or sharing this online with people who you feel comfortable with or perhaps organising smaller gatherings where you can come together and mark your respect and, and share your comfort with those people who are affected or to understand and talk about how it is that you might be able to do that all these are equally valid ways of doing this it's not necessarily you have to show in a big gesture these are helpful but it, not everybody feels like they can participate in that and that's totally understandable
0: now, this next uh, question is really for uh, New Zealanders or people who are related to people in, in Christchurch. And just for our overseas listeners, you might not know that Christchurch has already been through a massive trauma where they had a, a huge earthquake, which which killed uh, a couple of hundred people. And in New Zealand, that's a lot of people. And so heaps of people are affected. Myself, sir, my, my very good friend, um, she had a death in the family from the earthquake. And I noticed that she had PTSD last Friday from seeing that trauma again. If if there's a listener out there who's like me and is seeing a friend go through that, what can they do? Hmm.
2: So for many people, you're right, you're right. Those people have been affected by the earthquakes um, and have now been involved in, in the event in some shape or form, even just being a community member or being overseas and seeing this and hearing about this, about your homeland, the city that you grew up in. Yeah, people may be thrown back to a previous time. It feels like, you know, if you're in the city now with lots of sirens, lots of vigilance, lots of police uniforms, it can remind you of what it was like in those early days of the earthquake response and when people were going over that. But it's different also. You know, the way that this is being perceived overseas, perhaps, makes us understand in a different way that this is a different kind of wound to the city. And the healing that needs to take place may be different also. But there's also complex feelings like shame or guilt that get wrapped up in that too. So really taking the time to understand the feelings that we are going through as a nation, how it is that we feel like we may be being perceived by those others overseas and how this is being written about overseas. Understanding that narrative and then perhaps trying to incorporate or accept or change that narrative by action. Is something that's going to be really important. But for those people who are feeling like that at the moment, it's understandable. So doing what it is that you did to cope with that at that time, understanding and really, really just thinking about how it is that you cope with that. And then if you need more, don't be afraid to reach out for help. You know, there are a lot of services that are being set up in Christchurch now and around the country that they're in operation now already. And they're expecting this. They're expecting those people who perhaps are feeling disturbed as a result of stuff being reawakened for them. Um, They're expecting that. So you won't be alone if you are experiencing that and feeling like that. So don't be afraid to reach out for help.
0: Um, Saab, thanks so much for joining us. Is there anything else that you would like to share?
2: I've heard a few things around um, children and I put out a few bits and pieces around that this week. But one of the things that I've been hearing about is that children have um, been seen acting this out in playgrounds, in schools. And I guess what I wanted to say is that that's expected. You know, we we do see that. But then actually limits need to be placed upon that. And, and I'm hearing that that is happening because we don't want to... unwillingly co-opt people, children, who don't want to participate in this or are victimized by this. But I think what it signals is that actually talking isn't necessarily the way forwards to healing for everybody, uh, children and adults. Both together, so it may be that we need to find and talk about other ways <laughs> talk about uh, but actually find other ways for to help people to process what they 're going through. you know there are different ways of doing that, so things like theater actually used wisely uh, can and has been used to help people to come to terms and process what it is that they 've seen or heard but I think that that 's one of the things that I probably want to say is that talking doesn 't necessarily work for everyone so um, find a way, and there are others that can help uh, guide you into ways that you can help pro- help you to process what you've been experiencing.
0: With that in mind, normally we'd throw to an advertisement for eating fried chicken and chow, but I'd actually like to throw to you, Saab, and just if uh, you could let our listeners know where they can find some of your great writings that you've put out this week and, and where they can um, see more of the, the, the great information you've always given us here on the show.
2: Uh, James, you can... Um, People can find out at saabjohal.com, so S-A-R-B-J-O-H-A-L.com. And there's been um, information I've put out in blog posts, but also video explains it, explainers as well, because not everybody prefers to read. Uh, lots of people prefer to watch too. So, yeah, and I'll be putting up another one summarizing some of the things I've been talking about today later on today too.
0: A clinical psychologist, Saab Johal, thank you so much for giving us your time today and for the very important work you've been doing over the past week. Kia James. Thank you. This podcast is made possible by the RNZ New Zealand On Air Innovation Fund. Botox Cosmetic, out botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you.
2: For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300.
0: Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name.